This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Grant was so mad. After the disappearance of the armor. That handy haversack is open, and there are footsteps leading out of it that get bigger and bigger. Oh, man. And bigger. The heroes give chase. May I suggest we take to the air? But what they encounter along the trail. You come to a pretty heavily wooded area, and you see a body lying on the ground. What? May threaten their entire mission. Metro, you fly up and you look. The tree cover here is pretty thick, but you see rustling starting to surround your friends. (gasps) Oh, no. The adventure continues now. Hi everyone, Matthew here. PaizoCon is this week and we are pumped, so I'm going to keep this actually short and sweet. So, big announcement for you guys is to make sure you sign up to play or GM in Glass Cannon HQ at PaizoCon. That'll be Cascade Rooms 9 and 10, Pathfinder and Starfinder games happening all day and night. What more could you ask for? You can sign up in advance on the Warhorn and you can find the link for that on social media. What's social media, you may ask? I'll tell you. I don't know, but it's there for you. All right, I got to go pack. See you in Seattle. Oh, and please enjoy episode 208. It takes a big man to admit when he's done something wrong. Grant's the biggest man here. It is, but you'll never hear it out of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you won't. Do you have more teeth than the average human? Uh... (laughs) Speaking of I, giant I, I believe this is a violation of HIPAA. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we should tell. Don't disclose that. You when don't I, have to disclose that. When Show I, me your mouth. Open it. I had, uh, you know, I went from my, my regular dentist to the oral surgeon to get my wisdom teeth out when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And the guy told me that, A, he, they had to pump me with more uh, anesthetic than they've ever done before. And that <laughs> my tooth was so big, he had to take a hammer and crack it into four parts. Oh, my teeth, God. my my wisdom teeth were fully developed like the tooth you see outside of dentist office, like with all four roots. Most people's wisdom teeth only like have a partial root. They're like not fully formed teeth. I'm clearly Cro-Magnon man. It, remi- it reminds me of stories of people like have to subdue a rogue elephant or something. But, like that's kind of what, what it sounds like. It was like Thor's hammer that they used. To crack her <laughs> took four men to wield it. Yeah. They had to channel lightning through it. Well, we had to go out. We had to it's find like, someone who's worthy. It's like he's right. topsy lifted. Topsy the elephant. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I did something wrong, and I'm going to be the big man and admit it. Because when I do something wrong in this game, I want to call out that mistake. Why do I feel this is going to... This is a setup for a <laughs> yeah. mistake. No, it's, 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 it's mocking one of it's us. It's pretty look, bad. Look, Troy, I use a third-party spell. <laughs> I un- some of the boxes come per- checked on Hero Lab. <laughs> yeah. his, his mistake that he's manning up to is ever allowing you on the show. <laughs> right. uh, I'm, I'm just going to ruin this bit. I've apologized for that on several occasions. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it really is something I did wrong. 
What? We'll get into Matthew's weekly mistakes in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke. I said that Kragadan is one of uh, ten Sky Citadels still in Dwarven hands. It's one of five oh. Sky Citadels in wow. Dwarven hands. So I apologize to our Galarian historians out there. It was a real, a real faux pas. Wait, were partner. there ten and five have fallen to different means, or are there only five to begin with, and this is one of the only ones left? Uh, all I know is there's only five still in Dwarven hands. Right. The rest of that information... You better invest some points in knowledge history if you want to find out that information. It's a really embarrassing mistake. Yeah, I'm embarrassed for <laughs> Why myself. Why would you say there are 10 if you didn't know how many there were? As I felt like there were 10. In my head, there were 10. Uh, but no, it was only five. Hmm. Only five. Um, are there more that aren't in Dwarven Hands? Is that what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. You going? So, like yes. Urgear's one, right? We were talking yeah, about Ur-Gear, that last week. Urgear yeah. is a fallen Sky Citadel. Yeah. And it actually may soon actually literally fall because of what's happening there but but we i digress (laughs) (laughs) sounds like another adventure (laughs) there were really not a ton of spoil well we left the hold of belkson so like i I read the hold of belkson when i was like creating my character but like that's where i knew about orgear and there's some Mm. other crazy fun stuff in that area that i imagine might be another uh Adventure pass, but I'd love to go back there. I just, I assumed that we'd be in or in uh, Belkson the, the whole time. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> thought we'd be there for so long. For a long time. Yeah. It's funny how much uh, Belkson has become uh, a part of our campaign, though, like the connection to True Now. I wonder how many other people have had the, the returns to True Now that, mm. that we have, yeah. um, both in flashback and now uh, via teleport and whatnot. The surviving Sky Citadels are in Dungan Hold, which is in Alkenstar. High Helm, which is in the Five Kings Mountains. Yanderhof, which you obviously know, is in the Mindspins. Kragadan, uh, also uh, in the Mindspins, but it would be considered in uh, modern-day Nirmathas. And Cravencrus, which is in Taldor. Uh, the Lost Sky Citadels are Koldukar, which is the one oh, yeah. uh, which is now known as Urgir. And Jormundun, uh, oh, oh, uh, which is uh, located in the Wolf Crags. Hmm. Um, and fun fact, I think we mentioned it, but uh, canonically, according to our Rise of the Rune Lords campaign that Grant and I were in, the people in Yanderhof speak with the French accent because they're super snooty. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's canon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so oh, wait, but I think Troy defied that. We went to Yanderhof and Troy defied that canon. And I think I asked him about it and he told me to shut up. I, that sounds like something I would say. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to the tape. <laughs> Listen, uh, we are we are deep into book five now. <laughs> deep in, I think the under is going to be going to be what we hit. I think you artificially set the betting market to begin on the first episode of book five, so that you could lay some money on the ponies. I'm skipping all of part one of book five and just going Sweet. straight to middle of part two. Um, no, but <laughs> so you're all fourteenth level. We <laughs> we we, uh, we hand waved a, a lot of things last episode because I, I just wanted to get you where you needed to be without us playing out the you know the travel back to Skelt, the the travel to uh, to Minderhall's Cathedral, so that you could now use that as a teleport zone. And I wanted to just get you where you needed to be. Well, those things all sound like the end of book four. And you don't want to keep having endings of book four. Right. You got to start book five. You got to keep it moving. Uh, yeah. So I, I understand the, the, the heavy pace because those things, yeah, they're all wrapping up, you know, the, the, the housekeeping of that book. What's important, though, is now these party members have had 
uh, somewhere around nine, ten days or so to get to know each other better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Up until, you know, all that hand-waving, they'd only spent, uh, you know, one day together. Yeah. And obviously one part of that was a of an intense battle, which can obviously put people closer together really fast. But now you've had ten days to go over the histories. And I'm sure Baron, uh, most of all, uh, is able to relay to these people how this all started back in True Now. Tell you about Lork. Tell you about Gormley. Tell you about Galabras. And that's where Jimmer can be like, well, let me tell you about Galabras. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Baron's story would go on to talk about Della. And then Metra can enlighten you of what she remembers from Della's youth. Um, and then it comes back to, uh, you know, all the other characters we've lost along the way. And now we have this Dalgrith Deathbringer, a famed giant killer who has now joined this party. So you're now a couple days probably uh, away from Kragadan. I said you were uh, at the confluence of two rivers, which if you look at the map here is not too, too far from Kragadan. The uh, Mariketh, excuse me, Maradeth River and the Deep Cut River. Um, you're right where those two rivers meet. So you'll see you're not too, too far away from Kragadan. Um, but you wake up and... Jimmer's Handy Haversack is open. (laughs) I totally forgot about that for a second. I was like, well, off to walk to Cragadan. Like, I I completely forgot that we got... Rock! You got hosed. Blind! Grant was so mad. Oh, I was man. so mad. At the we end went of that episode. And yeah. he was thrown... Oh, man. That usually happens. Who though. were you mad at most? Yourself? Matthew? <laughs> yourself? No, I, I'm, yourself? I'm not mad at myself because I'm still trying to embody the yes and improv style and try to like not uh, force things to happen if the rest of the group doesn't seem you know, too partial to him. But... And I think also there's there's some degree that I think Baron was overwhelmed with the knowledge of, you know, Galabras being missing, uh, Sir Will still being alive, but all his family being dead. Mm-hmm. All these things, two of his, his very close friends um, uh, dying, and then also not wanting to upset Metra, who just found out her daughter was sewn into the body of this madman. And, really it was so, your, and it was your fault that that happened. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you said that it wasn't your place to forgive me, so um, I was shocked by that. Shocked by that whole scene of events. So I could see Baron Steely Resolve. He really didn't want to leave it. He wanted to destroy it. But I could see him being shaken by the turn of events. Yeah. And that happening. Well, it's a lot. It's certainly a lot for anyone to have to deal with all at once. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it has furthered this 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 sort of ongoing theme that you, you have trouble leading these this group. And... <laughs> I like you do this in all of our podcasts where it's like you do you, you there are things that happen that you make happen because they're like story things and then you just turn them on the designated leader and be like boy you're a real bad leader aren't you well, <laughs> you let this happen you let all, this happen the dice do it not me first of all Matthew second of all uh, all I know is that since Baron has taken over people have died left and right well that's so. <laughs> look at Look at Grant. So, Grant, if we're going to point a finger at anyone, it has to be at you. Maybe at Baron. (laughs) As just not being a competent, confident uh, leader who can protect the people he loves most. 
Oh, he saved his own skin in battle, though, so he's okay. No and one it, is better doing no that. One. And no. some of us have saved you. Yes, you have. It's true. Also, he is people who are were willing to sacrifice themselves for the cause. Or for him. Or for him have been sacrificed. The cause itself is still like is still preserved. Yeah. We're yeah. still That's true. on the right track to actually accomplish the mission we set out. Therefore, Baron is a good leader. Yeah. He also put point. himself at enormous personal risk to save my character's life. Mm-hmm. Like my character mm-hmm. is alive mm-hmm. because he uh, w- like went on a suicide mission. I could have came out of it okay. I could have vanished. I could have been a coward. I wasn't in that moment. These colors don't run. And you know what? I'm on the right. <laughs> I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Well, casualties are inevitable in this war. Can't, um, make, can't make an island without breaking eggs. <laughs> and uh, yes, and as well, look what happened to the cock. Where you are? <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. Right now, you are technically succeeding in moving forward. However, that handy haversack is open, and there are footsteps leading out of it that get bigger and bigger. Oh man, and bigger. Can we roll some sort of knowledge check on those, uh, those or survival check on the fo- on the footprints? You sure can. I don't have great survival. Okay. Well, I'd like you to roll the check then unaided. <laughs> Natural 20. No. Oh! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. That would have been great. Though. That would have been uh, nice. 25 for Jimmer. Okay. And this is a knowledge. Uh, survival. A survival. Just straight up survival. All right. So you, you had, had rolled a survival at the end of last week to just kind of follow the tracks. Now Jimmer's really digging in and studying these. They start off, and they don't even really look like footprints. It looks like some sort of organism was dragging something. An organism was dragging something? Yeah, like there's no real... A strange choice of words. ...footprint. But you see it's dragging something large. And eventually that shape, that sort of formless shape begins to take on the appearance of footsteps. Footsteps that could be any humanoid. So hang on. Hang on. So what, it looks like not footprints for a while. It looks like something just being dragged, or it looks like footprints and something being dragged. It looks like something strange dragging something. Mm. And then that yeah. something... But, but how do you know but, the something strange is dragging something? Are they you don't see any footprints oh, around so that. So we see something... But then it, Becomes footprints. So we see a track of something being dragged, uh-huh. and that becomes footprints. And then, then slowly, that becomes small humanoid footprints. Is there anything else currently in your sack? That yeah, that, that's what I was going to do. Is just Jimmer like goes back when like he sees the trail, like studies it for a second, then he goes back and quickly looks through the haversack to see what else, what all is missing, or what's there, or you what's there. Look through and. You don't see that it doesn't appear uh, that anything else is missing, with the exception of uh, Skirkatla's armor. Dalgris, we have to track down these tracks immediately to try to apprehend whatever did this. I don't know. So it's just the armor is missing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around it, Baron. Uh, he's got a two survival, so <laughs> plus two to survival. So he's just he's not a okay. much, of a, much well, of a tracker. So he's he's. Uh, pretty baffled, but the the tracks are medium, and they're boots, or they're uh, no, they look like a medium humanoid creature footprints, bare feet, mm-hmm. five digits. Um, not at first. Then they start getting huh. larger. 
and larger, and then it's yeah five five five, five clear digits. So when it's largest, it's still medium, or is it large? Uh, well, as it gets large, at its largest, so if you keep moving along, at its largest, it is large and now is a footprint of a boot. So weird. May I suggest we take to the air? And this creature had such, an, or organism, had such an incredibly high stealth that we couldn't have rolled perceptions to detect it in the middle of the night? Uh, I wonder... During our watches? I wonder if it is the armor itself. Oh, that's very interesting. I wonder if the Grave Knight, like, gets reborn or something, mm. and it's like... So yeah. I have this disgusting image in my head of it being, like, birthed out of the armor. Very yeah. interesting. And then walking, growing. Yeah. That's very cool. And then getting booted, skier cut. So Wait, Skirkala's so is just alive again, walking around? Well, she doesn't have her freaking axe anymore. Well, she turned into, <laughs> she turned into dust, but if her spirit's inside of that armor... It is. Um, it's kind of reincarnate because you can. All you need to reincarnate is just like a bit of a person. Yeah, maybe it's like one of those things where it's like in seven days it happens, and it's been oh like nine God. days or something. Um, in answer to your question, uh, Grant, perception checks were rolled behind the screen, and no one during their watches saw this happening. By the time that would have been making enough noise for you to hear, far away. it was already hundreds of feet away. Well, we did a knowledge check at the time uh, on the grave night and found out that the spirit would be in there. Would we know anything about that being a possible way that they reincarnate? Or, or I could do a knowledge Local, so on the you, tracks or something to see if it's yeah. What Skirkatla's boot? You guys had had rolled on Skirkatla and the the whole idea of the Grave Knight and the armor a few times, and you at this point you have the limits of your knowledge about it. Okay. Um, Is there? A, did we roll? Like I can't remember if we rolled what we rolled on the armor itself. Did we do it any kind of? Yeah, uh, and Baron, or, uh, the, I think religion, the highest right? role you got on that was, yeah, it was a religion. All you could tell is that there was a, a, a deep darkness somehow in this armor, but we didn't quite know. Well, should we follow this thing, or should we abandon it and just go on? I think we need to follow it. I think we got to follow it, because Brander's going to want it. Wait, wait, wait. We just talked about this beforehand, which is why I remember. What happened to the link of armor that Pembroke had? Uh, that I believe is in the handy haversack. No, yeah, in the no, in the bag of holding because you took all of Pembroke's and Feyraz's things and put it in the bag of holding. Yeah, we just have it. I mean, it's just is it is it when if we were to take it out, what, is anything going on with it? Are you reaching in and pulling it out? Sure. Okay. I don't mean I was always taught never to go through another person's purse without their permission. <laughs> so if Baron allows oh, me, just be careful. Some of those tissues have been used. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would always like do her lipstick at the stoplight and then like blot it. And so like whenever she would oh. hand me something to blow my nose with, there'd be like red lipstick oh. all over. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry. Uh, all right, so you go to open the bag to reach inside to look for that thing. And I, be- I believe with bag of holding, you just kind of think of the item you want. You reach in and pull it out. I right? think that's handy Haversack. Is that Andy Haversack? I think that's, isn't it? I think that's the thing I that know makes that's it a little different than bag of holding is like, Whatever you want is right on top. Hmm. I think that that's handy. I, that is handy haversack, but I think that's what. Well, it it's just weird. With bag of holding, that mean you have to look inside. Let me just look in this yeah, experimental yeah, space. Yeah, it, it takes, takes fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, yeah. You I, th- I do think that's what makes the handy haversack special. But um, yeah, there's nothing about thinking about an item. Yeah. We can turn it upside down, and everything can pop out. That's part of the description. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to track this monster, we might not want to do that. Retrieving a specific item from a bag of holding is a move action, unless the bag contains uh, more than an ordinary backpack would hold. So uh, 
I mean, if in it's a move it's a full action. Round, in, in that case, it does. So it's a full round action. Six seconds. So six, six seconds. seconds. All right. So you go to reach in there, and you feel the chain. And it feels very strange. You start to pull it out. The second it comes out of this extra dimensional space, roll a reflex save. Yeah. It's going to fly back to the armor. That's 23. 24. 24. It zips out of your hand and flies through the forest Fly in the direction it. of the track. Follow it, follow it, follow it, follow it. <laughs> Mitra, follow it, and Joe, Joe, you get a bottle cap. Yeah! All right, wow, that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. You get a glass cannon bottle cap. Nice. Ooh. That is a good-looking cap. Season one. It's worth a Whoa. plus two to any perception check <laughs> over wow. the next three episodes. Wow. <laughs> Put it on the board. So this thing, when I say you pull it out and something feels strange as your hand grasps around it within the extra-dimensional space, as you pull it out, it just almost pulls your hand off right with you. You rolled enough to be able to pull it away, but it's such an intense force, and you just see this thing fly through the forest, and you hear like, tup, 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 tup. <laughs> As, As it, it tears cuts through like leaves, trees, limbs. What do you do? After it. Yeah, so for I think we uh Faraza will cast fly on herself and start zooming after the you know, zooming along the tracks and after it. Jimmer takes off on foot and says, Oh god damn it, he's just running. Yeah, Dogrith will do the same. Well, you know, I can, running after I'll, Jimmer. That's that's I, she would be run off on her own. So she would I'll, I'll cast fly on I'll just like reach out and be like and boom, and we're all flying, and you have, oh, you have oh, the broom. Oh, right? Yeah, I'll spend a move action and get out the broom, and I'll be behind you, like on the speeders on uh, yeah, 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 on Forest yeah. Moon of Endor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, So you're flying along. Uh, everybody, roll perception checks. Oh man, definitely gonna get Ooh, this. Feeling one. good. <laughs> Uh, that is a Ooh. 30. 30. 30. 37. Oh. <laughs> He's so good. 36. All right, so everyone over 30 wow. with a 36 wow. and a 37, you all see as you're flying along holes inside of trees that Get look like here. this chain link passed through trees themselves. Oh, man. I don't it's think moving. you understand how thick trees are. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fast this thing is moving. <laughs> Straight through. We, uh, I mean, it is nowhere in sight, but you do see the tracks. You keep following the tracks. Yes, keep following the trail. We've got to replace as the crow fly with as the chain link goes through trees. And you listen. <laughs> you much smoother. You no longer, as you're flying along, you no longer hear the sound of it whipping through the trees. So you know that it's pretty far away. But you keep moving along these tracks. Uh, and as you do, uh, you come to a pretty heavily wooded area. And there's no real track to follow anymore besides the footprints, which are very clear. Um, and you see a body lying on the ground. Oh. What? You guys pull up. Yeah, yeah. Air brakes. You pull up and you see the body of a smallish-looking humanoid lying face down in like a, you know, a, not even a clearing. There's like two trees and a small bush. It's laying and its head looks to be have fallen into the bush. You can't see its uh, face or if it's a, a man or a woman. But it's medium humanoid. Looks to be a small humanoid. Oh, small Medium humanoid. to small, yeah. And is it wearing anything? Uh, it's wearing armor. Doesn't appear to have any weapons. Has like a crossbow Ooh. on its back. Ooh. Huh. Jimmer draws his, draws Terminus Est, his plus four adamantine king longsword. Ching! <laughs> and cautiously approaches and pokes at this figure with his boot. 
You poke at it with your boot. Doesn't move. Try to flip it over so I can see the face. You flip it over, and its head is missing. It's like, oh. Well, there's an enigma. Turns to the rest. I do a knowledge local. Sure. Uh, like on its armor or whatever. See mm-hmm. if it's from around here. Uh, 32. 33. Ooh. Uh, it is a dwarf. It appears to be male. Um, it has uh, dwarven uh, runes on it. Um, that would you, you roll? Knowledge what? Local. Knowledge local that look to be associated with Kragadan. Ah. And, and as dwarves you, are medium, uh, and if you ever say they're small again, I'll punch you in the mouth. That's why I said small to medium. And I, <laughs> when I was thinking small. Just I give a just, range <laughs> from thumbtack size to it moon. It might be a, a child. Yes, it was a dwarven headless child. With armor. Um, With armor. <laughs> you can see up ahead what looks like another body. Oh, oh no, this thing is feeding. Oh, Things wreaking havoc on the, the dwarves of Kragadan. Uh, are I'll, we close to Kragadan? Yeah, you were pretty close. Within um, their ranging area, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does this guy have a magic uh, belt or headband on... Or he doesn't have a headband, but a magic belt on his person <laughs> worth more than 30,000 gold? Uh, do you search the body? Yeah. Uh, no. All right, then I'm going to keep moving. Where let's we? go, let's go. <laughs> we, all right, yeah. On to the next body. we got to okay. save lives then. Follow the tracks. Uh, you move on to the next body. As you do, you see a head lying on the ground. And you see another head lying about ten feet away. Do they look like they've been cleanly sliced off or yeah. ripped off? Yeah, heel check or? maybe. Well, heel bitten. check. Yeah, bitten, sliced. Twenty one. Is the blade hot? Twenty five. Twenty five. Uh, it looks like they've been ripped clean off their bodies. Oh, so it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, and you see now several bodies lying about in this area. So there's that one headless body as you move. You saw party. another headless part body, and now you see three, four, maybe half a dozen or so all about. Um, if you move up to those oh bodies, God. they're not all beheaded. Now you see some of them have slash marks across their body that look like they almost cleave them straight in half. Oh, my God. Uh, so whatever this was um, probably started off using physical means and then got a weapon. And then took one of their weapons. Oh. There's just... There's got to be almost a dozen bodies lying around here. It's a Kragadan ranging party or something? Oh, man. If we take up into the air, like if I go up much higher, mm-hmm. like do I know, can I, is there anything, any, well, perception to see, and I've got my eyes of the eagle from Faraz on. Can yeah. I take a look around? Uh, so you fly up into the air. Uh, everyone else roll a perception check. Everyone but me? No. Uh, yeah, you can roll a perception up there. 36. 31. 28. 30. Uh, Metro, you fly up and you look. The tree cover here is pretty thick. You don't see anything. No, rust, no rustling in the trees? No rustling in the... Well, no. You don't see any rustling off in the distance, but you see rustling starting to surround your friends. <gasps> oh, no. And, Velociraptors! And Baron, uh, Jimmer, and Dahlgrith, you start to hear rustling as well. Did all of you roll above uh, 28? Yeah. 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 Okay. You start to hear rustling as well. Metro, you see um, all around them uh, rustling starting to surround them. Uh, what do you do? Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will dimension door back down to the ground. <laughs> you dimension door down. At this point, they're all, I'm assuming you guys are all looking towards the sounds yeah, coming yeah, at yeah. you. Weapons we're like We're backing up to each other, like our backs to each other. Metro suddenly just like appears in, be- in, the, in the middle of your crowd. Oh, it's such a cool <laughs> image! Like, yeah, that's it's awesome. Like, it's circling around <laughs> us, and then there's an empty <laughs> spot, and it's yeah. just like, <laughs> and Metro appears there. <laughs> Scarlet like, Witch. Yeah. <laughs> Her hand's ready to cast. Yes. Uh, so you guys are all in your uh, offensive slash defensive positions, ready to see what comes out, and you just see 
the points of crossbows start peeking out of the bushes, followed by almost two dozen dwarfs aiming their weapons on you as you're surrounded by dead bodies from their clan. Oh, no. Wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? We're friends. We're all friends here. Don't look like friends. I see a lot of dead kinsmen, brothers and sisters, and blood on your hands. We're tracking the beast that did it. We're tracking it right now, and it's getting away as we wait here. The only reason you're not already dead is because I see two dwarves among you. But right now, things don't look good. I see one, two, three, eleven of us dead. And four warriors. One without a weapon to her name. I can only imagine what power she has. Surely not the power to rip heads from bodies. Use your brain, sir. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, insulted. That'll get him on our side. Metra, it's not, it's not, it's not going to work. Uh, Dograith is going to hold up his, make a show of holding up his short sword that he had in his hand and just like slowly sheath it, put it in and just put both of his hands up. I don't wish to fight you, brother. We're on our way to Kragadon. We saw the seal on those that fell. Whatever creature this is, we think we might have had a bead on it, but it's getting away from us faster than we can keep up. We just came across these bodies now. There's no way one single creature could do this to 11 of our men and women. You say you couldn't rip their heads off. I see I see adamantine steel over there that could chop a head clean off. Don't tell me. A clean, unbloody Oh, hell, blade. yeah, no, she's right. I mean, this would take a head off way cleaner than this. I mean, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Baron's going to attempt to roll a diplomacy check and then role play based off of that check. Okay. Let's that's, see what that's how we should do it. Yeah, see what happens. Okay. Two. <laughs> For a total Let me sit back of a 12. Uh, wait, can I predict? Is it going to go up? I'm, I'm up. No. <laughs> I'm your cousin with his head still on. <laughs> I'm from Crackadan. I no. got my head cut off. <laughs> now, here's the deal. Everyone in dwarven kind knows that dwarves from Crackadan are stupid and ugly. And that dwarves from the Five Kings Mountains are the leaders of men. So listen to me. My name is Sheriff Baron Ashpeak. And this here is a man whose reputation precedes him even more than me, Dalgrith Deathbringer. You've probably heard of our names before. You know we wouldn't do this, you stupid idiot. (laughs) Midway through your sentence, you see the dwarves start looking at each other and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing at you when you said Sheriff Baron Ashpeak. He says, (laughs) either you're a liar or a time traveler. The Ashpeak Dwarves died out long ago. So try again, smart boy. Who are you and why are you here? And why are you standing in a pile of our men? The name given to me by the people that called themselves my parents were the Red Hearts, and I hail from the Five Kings Mountains, but I have reason to believe that not only am I an Ashpeak, but that's our next destination, to stop the scourge of giants going across this land. I can show it to you on a map if you don't believe me. Keep your hands where I can see them. So there you got your answer of who he is and our mission in the same breath. We make our way south to fight the fire giants. 
That's why we're here. We've been waylaid trying to find out what's happening to your men. So please, lower your weapons. There's no need for a fight today. You got any trackers among you? You can see the tracks that we're following. That's what we're doing. You don't see. We we flew here. There's no, there's no tracks. We didn't leave none. It is not our job to pass judgment. If it's Kragadan you seek, whether you be friend or fro, whether you be friend <laughs> or afro, whether you go to or fro, whether you be friend or fro. Six three, I've never six seen seven with the fro. Troy's face went so crestfallen when he messed that up. Friend or fro. Shut up, up, kill him, kill the dwarf that made fun of me. Kill him. Crossbow bolts riddled with crossbow bolts. If you be friend or foe, the only way to crack a gun is with us. And they'll pass judgment. You'll be brought before the even handed synod. They'll decide if you're innocent or guilty. If you speak true and your hearts are honorable. And the city and notorious hospitality of the Kragadan dwarves will be yours to enjoy. If you bring not but evil with you, you'll be executed on the spot. If you take us to Kragadan right now to be judged, you're going to let that thing out, get stronger, regroup, come back, and it's going to wreak havoc in Kragadan like you could never believe. It'll take down the whole goddamn place. Can you sleep with that on your conscience, friend? That's a risk I'm willing to take. Oh, you're willing to risk the entire population of Kragadan. Well, aren't you an asshole? Have you never been to Kragadan? Clearly not. There's not a way that one creature could get in there. Now, if you want to come, you best shut your mouth. Drop your weapons. Hand them over to my men. And we'll blindfold you and walk you there ourselves. If not... We'll have to exact our own justice. Are you threatening to exact justice right here in this field? Take arms against us? Aye, I am. Well. And then good luck trying to get into Kragadan, if any of you survive. Jimmer, Metra, Dalgrith, I don't think we have any choice. Yeah, you're right. We gotta kill him. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but he's right. Baron's right. Wouldn't have been my first choice. But. Can he roll intimidate? Is that intimidate? <laughs> he does have a very high intimidate. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I just can just tell us what it is. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lower my sword. I'm gonna say, say, you be careful with this. I want this back. Pristine condition. Of course. Can I request that you take crime scene drawings that maybe use as evidence? Plaster casts. Plaster casts. We will leave some of our men behind to figure out what happened here. Properly. Gather evidence. Make sure it's properly documented. Of course. In evidence bags. And that will be handed over to the Synod as well. Your weapons, my lady. I don't have any. Well, actually, I have this dagger. Here you go. I'll take that. Oh, not the sharp, sharp end. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what about you? He says you're Dalgrith Deathbringer. The name rings a bell. Oh, come on. Y'all know this this fella. He's famous. Jim, it's all right. Uh, do you have enough dwarves to carry all my weapons? I'm not sure. <laughs> and he starts like, slink, 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 like all these little swords and daggers just start hitting the ground. Um, it's like miscongeniality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is undoubtedly a perfect movie. <laughs> and what about you, 
Sheriff Baron Ashpeak. I don't see uh, any real dwarven weapons on you. You were supposed to help me do dwarves laughing in the background, oh, Matthew. Sorry, wait, really let's take it back. Okay. Let's take it back. But, and what about you, <laughs> Sheriff Baron Ashpeak? You're ugly. Where's your dwarven weaponry? He, like, flips back his ponytail and pulls out the plus one hand axe that we got from uh, the first giant we killed, big bad evil guy. Grenzeldeck. Grenzeldeck. Grenzeldeck, still carrying that plus one hand axe there. Pulls out his giant Bane heavy crossbow. Mm-hmm. Pulls out his... Uh, well, that's all he starts with for now because he doesn't know if they know what handguns are. Mm-hmm. He's hoping that they won't know it and he'll say... The last person that laughed at me like that didn't end up too well. Really? You don't seem as well-stocked as you should be to be out here all by yourself with these three others. Um, at that point, do they notice that I have other weapons, or...? Or a perception check out here. Uh, 18 on the die. Oh. Okay, so they probably... What's that thing, uh... What's that by your waist? By your pants. Some sort of alchemical throwing weapon? Baron, it's a Swedish-made penis enlarger. Mm. <laughs> and it's not mine. It's not my bag, baby. <laughs> Maybe I could just borrow it for a second. <laughs> Baron oh, is going to use his. <laughs> Baron is going to use his quick draw, spend a grip point, and use utility shot to shoot an item off of the dude's belt. Whoa! Wow! Everyone's crossbows are now pointed at you. And then, and then, as soon as that happens, as soon as they realize what happens, what this gun is, he says. Have it. You ain't man enough to hold it anyway. Ah, 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 ah. Bang. Goes off. <laughs> Kills Metro. Yeah, there's a double barrel. There's another bullet right, in there. There's another <laughs> the bullet goes straight in the heart. Straight through Metro's heart. <laughs> and then he'll pull out a dragon's breath as well. This is proof of my lineage. Dragon's breath. And they just hold the guns in their hand. And you can tell they've never seen anything like this before. And he hands it over to like one of his men nods, and then dwarves come over and start blindfolding you. And then they just gently push you along. Walk. Through the, through the woods. Walking with through the woods with blindfolds. <laughs> and they're guiding you. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, oh. Pushing you into a tree. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We had a lot of things back at our camp. Uh, if you could have someone pick, pick up our belongings, it would be nice. We'll send men back there as well. Can this- Thank you. Can the lead dwarf of this party be played by William Atherton, the gentleman who played William Peck in oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah. <laughs> Let me look him. Oh, that guy? Yeah, the yeah. guy who shut down the Ghostbusters power grid. This is true. May I please? Man has no. Yeah. Um, so you're moving along for what seems like a couple of hours. And you can tell there's it's a real pain in the ass blindfolded in the woods, man. And after a while, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, keep falling. Our knees are all bruised. Well, after a while of you <laughs> yeah. being on like no discernible track, it's very clear at a certain point you get on a track, like on a road. Yeah, but it's very quiet. And from time to time, you hear them whispering, like they're taking you a secret way into Cragadan uh, that maybe you wouldn't have been able to find on your own. Ah. Um. So after a few hours of travel, um. They break camp, and they take your blindfolds off, and you see that the fires have already been lit, and uh, they're letting you sit there without your weapons, uh, and they offer you food, 
and any attempt to try and talk to them, they don't want to have any more discourse. Anytime you push it, they'll just say, it's up to the Synod. The Synod will decide your fate. I mean, can I, can, can Dalgraith just try to make small talk? Like, can he try yeah, to, like, maybe always, overhear two people talking and then be like, oh, yes, I hate when that happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just trying to, like, loosen them up a little bit. Sure, and anytime you do that, it's always met with... And they're super disciplined yeah. about, like... They don't look at you. They're hardened, uh, hardened warriors. Ah, come on. We got ways to go here together. It's getting boring. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. Dalgraither look at Baron, shake his head. Got dwarves of these. I think we need to loosen them up with that horn of yours, Jimmer. Get them uh, nice and toasty. Yeah, um, I'm a bit thirsty anyway. Yeah. Two birds with one stone, as they say. What do you say, boys? You can keep us tied up. Take a sip of ale here. Come on, little. Somebody can sing a song, can't you? They look very. Um, they un- might not be in the mood. They just lost like twelve people. That's true. No, yeah. I forgot about that. All their beheaded comrades. <laughs> Come on, why are you singing and having a great time? <laughs> Some of them were probably close family members. Maybe not brothers and sisters, but maybe. Uh, certainly cousins. Um, if I may, I'd like to pay tribute to your fallen comrades. Oh no, are you going to dance like Della? It just looks at you with no expression. I'll take that as a yes. And she st- stands and like shimmies off her cloak, and she starts doing a dance oh. that looks uh-huh. in a style very familiar. Uh-huh. Oh man! Hmm. And then Lombada. she finishes and and bows to them. Their sacrifices, much appreciated. Morning comes. A bunch of dicks. They <laughs> <laughs> just stare at you until you sit down. These guys are the worst. <laughs> the blindfolds go back on, and they march you more along this track. Again, after a few hours, you're just you're getting exhausted, and they tell you you can remove your blindfolds. So you take off your blindfolds, and you're standing before this enormous valley. And in the distance, you can see what has to be the Sky Citadel of Kragadan. It is a marvel of dwarven architecture built right into the mountain itself, not unlike Midrahal's Cathedral. You can see faces of dwarven heroes and kings carved into the mountain itself. Waterfalls rushing down the peaks carried in aqueducts and lifts leading uh, from the upper areas of the Citadel to go straight down into the mountain hold itself. I'll show you a picture of what this would look like from uh, a distance here. Wow. Baron, it does live up to its reputation, doesn't it? It does, but I don't understand how such a marvelous place could produce such backwater shit kickers. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see the the enormous mountain behind it. And standing before you is... It really does look like, uh, I mean, it's got kind of a Helm's Deep feel, kind yeah, of a Mordor yeah. feel, too, Yeah, uh, in a way. And uh, a flavor, flavor drinks. drinks. I was just going to say, flavor drinks. Flavor drinks. Always flavor drinks. I, I think they do that just to show scale. I think it's I under think, attack. I think, 
<laughs> I think that a lot of the uh, scene artists were like Bob Ross. Oh, oh look at oh, that. God, that is amazing. Wow. One of the faces in the mountain would look like with a giant fist coming out of it. Yeah. Um, wow. Talk about Helm's Deep. Helm Hammerhand. That's what you see. And they start walking you uh, towards it. And eventually you get to the front gates. They speak to the guards out front. And you're led inside. You look behind you at any point to see where you came from. And it just looks like there would have been no way you could have found this on your own. Or it would have taken you weeks to try and discover where this area was. Even though there's a huge valley uh, in front of it, you can tell that there's something secretive about this place, whether there's a, an ancient dwarven magic hiding it, or just uh, impassable trails to get to. It's, uh, what's the city in Black Panther? Wakanda? Wakanda. Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like Wakanda. It has a Country. Wakanda feel. Yeah, you had to pass through some force field to discover it. <laughs> to discover it. Um, eventually they bring you inside and uh, they march you through the city and it's just dwarves everywhere. It's not unlike Yanderhof, but where Yanderhof was pretty much all subterranean. You are uh, in the upper area here, and you see lifts, like I said, and you saw these from a distance going down into the mountain, but for the most part, you are staying uh, above ground, and it's built, like, front to back. It's very square, and there's market stalls everywhere. You see, like, oh, God, if we can get through this, it'd be a lot of fun stuff we could buy. It's a pretty major uh, settlement, so anything you can imagine um, this place would have. give you an idea, in uh, Pathfinder terms, it is the size of a large city, which is a population of 24,000. Um, wow. Located in the nation of Nirmathas, mostly dwarfs. Out of those 24,000, 22,565 of them are dwarves. There's 1,000 humans, 207 halflings, 180 oreads. And then oh, yeah. 25 other. Those this are the rock, country. The rock type people? Yeah. 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 Um, halflings, all slaves. <laughs> all the half, all 207 halflings all slaves. are slaves. Probably the Oreads as well. Uh, after you, you're, you're walked through all this, you're walked to a building and brought to a holding room. You sit in there for, again, hours. And you're kind of wondering, like, what is happening here? Why is this taking so long? And then eventually you are brought out. Not in chains. You're, treating ve- you're, you're treated very respectfully, considering the circumstances. Considering that you may be being tried for murder. Supposed, alleged murder. You're treated very respectfully. And eventually they bring the four of you out into, uh, I don't want to say an arena. It's kind of like, it almost has the, the feeling of a courtroom, but it's in the round. And there's a gallery of just maybe 70 or so dwarves sitting there watching you. It's like the court, it's like the court, the, the trial in Star Trek VI. When they bring <laughs> yes. Kirk and McCoy to, to the Klingon homeworld and put them on trial. I haven't seen Star Trek VI. What? But what? I'm what? Assuming what? Now I want to see. What look that it up. Looks look, like. look up. Look up. Kirk and Kirk and McCoy trial. You got Christopher Plummer. You got Kim Cattrall. You got the trial scene is awesome. Oh yeah, this is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this and is Michael perfect. Dorn is their lawyer. And Michael Dorn is their he lawyer. He plays Worf's uh, grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's it, looks it like. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I will right, we'll have you brought onto like a stone dais surrounded by a little uh, balcony. Don't wait for there. the translation. Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> they God, bring, that's a but that's a really good Star Trek movie. It really that, I can't it, believe you haven't seen it. It is my second favorite Star Trek movie. Next to Wrath of Khan. Next to Wrath of Khan. So you're brought before this tribunal, God! Uh, <laughs> and all these dwarves are watching you, judging men, women, no children. Uh, 
And then a door opens, and an old dwarf hobbles out with parchment in hand. He opens the parchment and just kind of reads. All rise. All the dwarves in the room rise up. Since the early beginnings of the even-handed synod, four members were needed to conduct an inquest and pass judgment. Due to the severity of this matter, the four highest-ranking officers have chosen to sit on the synod today. Wow. And he closes the parchment, walks through the door, the door closes, and then flames light up four corners overlooking where the four of you are standing and beneath the flames are four different dwarves uh, two men, two women one of them speaks up looks to be maybe Baron's age or a little older but takes better care of himself hasn't been <laughs> in like a three month war with giants right? and he says my name is Gorm Greathammer third prince of Kragadan and first seat of the Everhanded Synod. Along with me is my sister and exemplar of Trud, Thramira Greathammer. Of course, we also have the overseer of Kragadan's trade and clan relations, Lady Hikal Balaturn, and royal archivist, Carburton Lightbrand. You are brought before the Synod today as outsiders charged with the murder of eleven of our clansmen and clanswomen. You have claimed your innocence, that you are chasing down some creature that disappeared into the night. How do you plead? Not guilty. Are all of you in accord with the dwarf that speaks? Aye, we are. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'd say so. For now. Yeah. Always gotta have something else to say. <laughs> I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he rolled a two on his last diplomacy check and called him ugly and stupid looking. All he said was not guilty so far. <laughs> He's doing all right. <laughs> Tell us, in your own words, what happened out there. It's on the dwarves. One of the dwarves has got to cover this. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Go for it, Douglas. Dalgraith will step up. First of all, I'd like to say it's an honor to be brought before you. The, the right of a trial just goes to show the, wise, the wisdom of the dwarves. The fact that you didn't kill us on sight when you found these bodies, it says a lot about your people. So I respect that. And I also want to say that I've always wanted to come to Kragadan. In fact, we were looking for your city when your outriders came upon us. So I'm glad to be here. And we've been treated most fairly, so thank you for that as well. The best way I can explain what happened, because it is rather magical and beyond my means, is that, well, we come from the mountain of Skiergard to the north where we fought a frost giant clan of some, of some might. When we took down their leader, we felt that she was dispatched forever, despite losing two of our own in the fight. But it appears, I don't know, it's just a theory, 
but it appears that her spirit may have lingered on, may have followed us into your lands, and somehow, somehow escapes again. I don't have the proper explanation, but the trail that we found going from our campsite indicated that something, some creature that started small, almost as if it was being reborn, moved from our sight, grew slowly over time, until it was a fully ingrown large creature. A giant, I say! <laughs> capable of the kind of violence you saw out there, ripping the heads right off of, of strong, capable dwarves. Now, I don't know for sure, but I'd say if you inspected those bodies, I don't think you'll find a single cut of a blade, which is how I've been trained to fight, and how my friend Jim has been trained to fight as well. Baron uses... Sheriff Baron Ashpeak uses a weapon I'd never seen before. It's a ranged weapon of some terrible power, but it leaves the smallest wounds visible. I don't think you'll find any of them, neither. I think you'll find the gruesome wounds of a beast or a creature of horrible imagining. We were trying to track it when you came across us. That's why we were surrounded by the bodies. We were following the trail, body to body. And I gotta say, Jimmer and myself, we've been pretty frustrated that we were stuck when we were because we felt we were almost, almost had tracked our quarry down, but we were stopped. Now, Baron said as we, as we were first captured that I think the concern here, now I, I understand my life's on the line and so I don't want to, to act like I'm trying to dissuade you from paying attention to the meeting, uh, to the business at hand, but you have to know, and the sheriff will tell you, that the threat that's looming outside your walls right now is not to be trifled with. Whatever killed your men, you must keep looking for it, because I'm telling you, it's not us. Dalgrith Deathbringer, tales of your deeds have preceded you here to Tragadon. You're not known to be one to cause senseless murder, but still, I have questions. You say this creature was defeated, but then it rose again? What else do you know of this? You say there was no weapon markings. There were weapon markings. Though some of our men and women were beheaded, others had wounds like that of a battle axe or a great axe across its chest. And do any of those wounds seem to coincide with your own weapons? Yes. It's... And of the ones that you carry. Well, it seemed to us that the first body or two did not have the weapons taken from them. But then once the giant found a weapon it was capable of wielding, I believe she picked it up and started using that to make the kills easier. I'm not saying we are indestructible. We have fought giants and we have lost before, but you're telling me that one giant came out of thin air and killed 11 of our best rangers. Baron steps forward and puts his hand on Dalgris' shoulder. My name is Baron Ashpeak. I've stood shoulder to shoulder with this man in battle. I am an I am an instrument of justice, the sheriff of True Now, and an inquisitor of Torag. 
points directly at Carbert and Lightbrand, the royal archivist. Hmm. You, Mr. Lightbrand, you must have heard of the power of grave knights, of Ungaratu who roamed these lands before, who unleashed the power of the rune lords and the afterlife to obtain more power than avarice could imagine in undeath. The royal archivist speaks up. Yes, I have heard of such grave knights. Are you saying that this creature that took out our clansmen was a grave knight lurking, lurking in the woods near Kragadan? I am saying that, and I'm saying that we were hot on its trail until we got stopped by your well-intentioned and poorly trained men. How did a grave knight... Even come to come be this close to all of us. It was my responsibility. We defeated this creature. It disappeared. And in a moment of weakness, instead of destroying its armor, from which we believe it may have been able to regenerate itself, I allowed it to remain as a potential bargaining chip from someone who's even more powerful than this grave knight. You say you're an inquisitor of Torag, yet Torag did not speak to you and tell you to destroy the armor? Instead, you brought it right to our doorstep and let it lay waste to our men and women? As an Inquisitor of Torag, we are instructed and honored and blessed by the opportunity to use the enemy's weapons against them. This was my plan, and my plan failed. I'm willing to accept responsibility for this. You place me on the rack, but you let these other three move on so that they can keep on chasing this damn thing before it kills another eleven dwarves. Ah, yes, well, Gorm, if you don't mind me saying so, perhaps we let these three live and let him serve the judgment. For though he may have not been the one to deliver the blows to our clansmen, he is responsible for their death. Dogray steps up at that point. It's never going to happen, I'll tell you that right now. I can't speak for these two, but I stand beside them. And I, as far as I know, we're on trial here for murder. And murder to me seems amongst a clan of wise and intelligent dwarves to be a crime you got to commit with intent. We certainly did not set out intenting to kill the dwarves of Kragadan. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, it's manslaughter, if anything. If anything, we could just serve five to ten. Get off with time for good behavior. Perhaps it is the wisdom of the Synod to charge us with the destruction of this creature. If I may be so bold. Well, of course, dealing with this creature, if she exists, would be of utmost importance. But you speak, Deathbringer, of a greater war. If what you say is true, what is this greater war? Are you not aware of the giants amassing to the south? Of the giant training camps of the specialized, most powerful giant fighters being trained in the dormant volcano of Ash Peak? The only war we know about is the war between Mulfoon and Nirmathas, and we've remained neutral in that. There have been whispers of other dark forces amassing armies of undead to the north, giants to the south, but these are not new rumors. The wars of Morthun and Nirmathas have been going for hundreds of years or more. This is this is a war that's coming out fast and hot, and it's going to end just as fast if we don't stop it before it gets out of hand. 
These are giants. And if they can be banded together, they can roll over us like it's nothing. And from what I can tell, that's what they're doing. It seems and over the last week or more, I've been hearing from Baron about the last months of this this evidence he's been digging up of this war. And while early on it seemed the giants couldn't even band together enough to make a simple, a simple regiment due to their infighting, which we're all used to taking advantage of, that seems to be going the other way. It seems that the, the best of the best are gathering, and they're not turning on each other, and they're not taking their selfish means to ruin the, the strength of the horde. They're banding together. And we make haste down there. Kragadan is merely, was merely just a stop for us to rest and arm up to head down there. The woman, the fe- one of the female dwarves, holds her hands up as if to say, quiet. Hmm. If I was on trial, I too would speak of other wars to distract us from what is going on here. Now what you say may be true, but what proof do you have? The dwarves of Kragadan are not shy to the other wars that go on in Galarian. If there is a greater war at hand, the dwarves of Kragadon will be there to serve, if need be. But what proof do you have? If I was on trial for my life, I would speak such grand things as well. What proof do you have? Your men took our items, did they not? Yes. They took our bags. They took everything we were carrying. Yes, they retrieved everything from your camp. If you bring in our bags, I'm sure you'll see the proof you need. Claps. Door opens. A couple soldiers walk in and lay out the contents of all your bags. Um, and we'll bring out the letter that we found in Skirkatla's chamber. It was a letter, right? In Skirkatla's chamber that talked about the the was a map. Yeah, with yeah, all the, the stuff written on it. Yeah, but there, but it, and on the map it was written though, right? Yeah, like the, the soldiers go elite here, gi- elite, yeah, elite giants. And we actually here. we even have like uh, what's her name's map from like book two. Yeah, gr- uh, uh, the the letter from the uh, Grenzel deck from yeah, the, Storm the, the, the yeah the Grenzel deck letter to the Storm Tyrant. Yeah, yeah. We have we still we have, have all this named in writing. We can yeah, lay out all this evidence. Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C. We can lay it all out just the way it's played out in the story. Right. You know, we can go through it for a bit and just lay it. You know. And what's the name of the stone giant? Uh, that we Orathash. Orathash. Baron will pull off the Bane Baldric he's wearing and let them know that he ripped this from the dead body of a stone giant that was planning to take over and that every step we've gone there's just been more and more powerful giants the further we go. It's a ladder that never ends. And there's literally like a paper trail for everything that we've been through. So I imagine this like you're just laying this all out and going through yeah. all the yeah. the uh, wedding stuff. dress, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 the wedding, wedding dress. dress. Yeah, <laughs> all the stuff. Jim will take charge. Now I'm just a country lawyer. That <laughs> <laughs> seems to me. And he'll just go through just like <laughs> fucking Matlock, fanning himself. Yeah, <laughs> just go through the whole thing. Uh and by now, the the uh, the tribunal is like they're in a bit of an uproar. The the people watching, kind of like this is is now they look nervous. Like shit, we thought we had to just worry about the Malthunis sneaking in mm-hmm. here and dragging us into their war. Now we have to worry about this. Um, and uh, the prince raises his hand again. I just have one question here. You say your name is Ashpeak. 
My gods were joking about this earlier as the Ash Peaks are extinct. But now there is this training academy also at this dormant volcano named Ash Peak. The connection seems so strange. How can this be? The Ash Peaks died out and it's no wonder with their barbaric ways of sacrificing children to the gods. Baron will take his hat off and say, I was skeptical at first, too. I was born a red heart in the Five Kings Mountains. Much nicer mountain than this mountain range. It's rude. But. He's really laying it on. <laughs> Rudeness is getting out of hand. He's carrying over that You're 12. really carrying over that, too. <laughs> it's unnecessarily rude. I've received a series of visions from oracles, and so have those I've traveled with throughout this journey, and all of them, without fail, have proven to be true. I learned my true heritage. My name is Ash Peak, and I believe I have been chosen to lead a group of adventurers back to my homeland in order to grant it and grant it its former glory. Emancipate it from the giants that are currently perverting its use. It's essentially your gear now. I'm sorry, cold occur. I don't want one of our finest monuments to dwarven society, savage though it may be, to be perverted by those bastards. May I venture to say w- one last thing? <laughs> Visual joke. <laughs> and after you, yeah. As we lay all this out, I mean, this is the first time even I'm seeing some of this evidence, for I've come to this fight a little late in the game. But as we stand here on trial for murder of your comrades, I venture and I put forth that not only are we not guilty, but. Your clansmen out there in the woods are not victims of murder. They haven't been murdered. Your your eleven comrades in that forest are merely the first eleven casualties of a war that's coming up from the south. They died bravely defending your city. And it's time you start thinking about who else is going to arm up and get ready to defend it as well. The prince holds up his hand to quiet the crowd. An error was made, but it seems as if it was an error that you did not have the knowledge to circumvent. Is that not true? He looks to the royal archivist. Yes, perhaps you are correct, prince. The powers of a grave knight are not well known to the world. If you do not destroy that armor, it will come back again and again and again. The only way to destroy a Grave Knight is to destroy that armor, disintegrate it, take it to the middle of a volcano, or bring it to the positive energy plane. That being said... Your error did cause great pain. Great pain to our people. But perhaps what you say, Dalgrith, Deathbringer, is correct. 
for they should not die in vain. When the rending took its toll on the Five Kings' mountains, Kragadon was there, and we paid heavily for it for years to come. When the orcs of Belgson joined the armies of the Whispering Tyrant, Kragadon was there. We pledged our support to the Shining Crusade and joined the fight against the undead <laughs> and their allies. If another great evil power, this Storm Tyrant, is amassing an army of giants to take over the world, though we may have our own battles to fight, you, Sheriff Baron Ashpeak, can count on the dwarves of Kragadan to join the fight. Yeah. Not guilty. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. And we'll see you next week. Oh. Exaggerated. It's like a Law and Order episode. It's all wrapped up in an hour. That's awesome. Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.